Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Nice to have you with us this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Um, I really don't want to get into all the politics of this, uh, these next two things that I'm going to bring up, but I just, I find it interesting and it'll be interesting to see what happens and if there's some sports karma involved. Uh, but yesterday, uh, among the players that got traded was Whit Merrifield, who goes from Kansas City to Toronto. Okay. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, the Royals played in Toronto and they had, I believe it was nine players that weren't vaccinated. And so they brought up guys from their double A and triple A teams to play. And those, they actually won a game against the Blue Jays. Uh, Toronto's a city that you, if you're a professional athlete and you're going in, I'm, I'm going to assume a musician or anybody that's coming in from the outside, you have to be vaccinated. Well, Merrifield's not vaccinated. He made a comment uh, that caused some uproar that said, well, maybe if I got traded, I would reconsider. Mm. Okay. And that, then, he, then he backtracked that and apologized for that and, you know, got caught up in the moment. All those, all those excuses that people make when, they're, when their true reflections are known. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, oh, that wasn't very popular. I'm going to backtrack. Okay. And we've, some of us have done that from time to time. Okay. And, but the, the thing that's interesting is obviously the Royals are awful and the Blue Jays have a chance at making the playoffs. So that's part of why they probably traded for him. Hey, this guy maybe that can help us get over the hump, right? Yeah, and he probably told him he would get, get vaccinated. vaccinated. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Uh, I think Andrew Benatendi was a similar situation. And Benatendi was one of the Royals that didn't um, make the trip to Toronto. And I think he's uh, he's let it be known that he will. if The Yankees have one road trip in Toronto left. And I think he's let it known that he plans to get vaccinated before then. Yeah. So it's uh, you know the the uh, it's amazing how quickly you're like oh I have a chance in Merrifield's case to get into the ring oh I have a chance to play in the playoffs oh okay all of a sudden yeah that one that those two shots don't seem to be so bad it's, it just seems to be a bit rich right yeah that's fair, it's, that's it, fair. It, it seems to be a bit rich well we're we're standing our whatever it's moral or whatever high ground mm-hmm. until. There's a better offer for me. I, there's there's probably a lot of us that have, one way or another, sure. done something very similar to that. Sure. A- yeah. a- absolutely. Uh, the other thing that has struck me, and uh, I'm just curious what you guys think about this. It, these are two totally separate cases in the National Football League. And, and I really didn't realize the Dolphins were under this amount of investigation for tampering. You know, we'd heard that rumor, that thing had come out about, you know, the Dolphins being interested in Tom Brady and the Dolphins being interested in Sean Payton. Brady and Payton share the same agent and that there was maybe uh, some conversation about some kind of deal being put together. Well, apparently the conversation goes back to 2019 when Brady was still with the Patriots and obviously Sean Payton was still with the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily uh, that up in arms about the punishment for the Dolphins. The Dolphins lost next year's first round draft choice for tampering and a third round draft choice. Their owners fined a million and a half dollars and their owner is suspended for six games. Okay. 
So seems like a pretty heavy hand that went down from the NFL onto the Dolphins for what maybe goes on every day in business in terms of somebody trying to improve the talent pool at their place of business and go and talk to somebody else. Uh, the NFL, amongst other professional leagues, they have strict rules about players and coaches that are under contract. And even though, you know, feelers are put out and things along those lines, there's, a, I guess, a certain point in time where it crosses the line, right? Mm-hmm. So you have, you have all of that punishment. And then you have this documented evidence of what Deshaun Watson has done over the last couple of years. And he gets six games and doesn't get fined. And again, I know the two are completely unrelated, but one is controlled by a, a collective bargaining agreement. And the NFL has until tomorrow to appeal, and they could appeal, and then they could go back to the table. Um, the NFL could actually suspend Deshaun Watson for the entire season if they wanted to. Then Deshaun Watson would sue. Then Deshaun Watson would probably get an injunction, and Deshaun Watson would play week one. And because of the litigation that would be involved in that, Deshaun Watson would probably play all of the 2022 season. So the NFL has that. And then there's, they could do a, they could do a, and then the other thing that they could do is they could say, we want, um, we're going to appeal the decision. And so then that would delay probably a suspension. And then they would go back to the table and they would plead their case to the arbiter. And then the arbiter would come back and say X. And basically what the, what the former judge has done is she looked at previous punishments and that's how she came to the punishment for Deshaun Watson. It just seems so uneven to me that it's like, it's, it's laughable that Stephen Ross, the owner of the dolphins could get fined a million and a half dollars. Look, he's a wealthy man. He's probably a billionaire. A million and a half dollars is still a million and a half dollars. He's got to sit out six games. He loses a draft choice next year. And then the one, the following year, I believe the third round pick. So it's a, it's enough where other owners would go, hey, to all your people, not going to do that. Yeah. For Deshaun Watson, it's like slap. It feels like a slap on the wrist. Yeah, and and somebody off the Yates Lawrence Center chat line makes a great point. I mean, when you're talking about Calvin Ridley, who got a whole year suspension. Yeah. For, for betting. Fi- yeah, fifteen hundred dollars is what he bet. Yeah. Didn't bet on his own team, mm-hmm. and he's probably and it, it potentially could cost Calvin Ridley eleven million dollars. Mm-hmm. Because he's out for the year. I, I mean, there's so much about the Deshaun Watson thing that frustrates me. Uh, I mean, the fact that uh, <laughs> the fact that the Browns worked his contract, knowing yes. something like this was coming, and he's basically going to lose half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I, I mean, and as you to me, out- to me, right there, it's like the Browns and and Watson should have been punished more for trying to beat the system. Yeah. And, and they did. Yeah, and they did. They beat they the did. system. And Deshaun Watson beat the system last year because basically he said to the Texans, I don't I don't want to play for you. I'm not going to play for you. Then all the stuff came out. Then they couldn't trade him. Yet he still got paid. Yep. Yep. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful sports world we live in, huh? So, so it may, <coughs> the NFL decision on Watson may come out this morning. Whether they elect to appeal or mm-hmm. not. That, okay. <coughs> that may come out this morning. So... And, and and here's the other thing is is that you've got all this stink still going on with Washington, you know, and Dan Snyder and these thousands it's, of emails. Yeah, it's clear that owners, coaches are held in a higher, you, you know, they're, they're judged more harshly than 
feels like guys like Deshaun Watson. Higher expectations mm-hmm. of them, whatever. Um, you know, it, it, clearly it feels like what the Dolphins were, they feel like they were trying to, you know, that that's an, an advantage one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, um, a competitive advantage doing what they were doing, whereas they feel like what Deshaun Watson was doing was not questioning the integrity of the league or um, affecting wins and losses. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just a ludicrous thought, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's ludicrous. And then, I mean, it, it's true. It wasn't affecting games. It, that's accurate. But it doesn't mean that it wasn't as terrible of, a, of an action. And, and then the other thing that came out with regard to the Dolphins, Brian Flores, their former coach, had accused the Dolphins of uh, tanking, uh, that the owner had wanted them to tank. And basically, they have said that there's no case there. That while there may have been some, you know, discussion of tanking, that it was done in a jokingly manner, but there won't be any, there's no punishment to the Dolphins as of now of the, what Brian Flores wanted with regard to the tanking. Yeah, or the NFL realizes that there's teams every year that are basically at a certain point of the year saying yeah. hey, we're better off losing. Yeah. And yeah. so they get it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Train's rolling really fast right now. It's the third day of August 2022. 31 days to Texas Tech football. Here is Jeff McGuire with this day in sports history. Got a lot, so we're starting fast. 1909, Major League Baseball umpire Tim Hurst initiates a riot by spitting in the face of a second baseman, Eddie (laughs) Collins, who had questioned a call. Two weeks later, Hurst was banned for life. <laughs> Would he come back in a second life and play second base for somebody? Tim Hurst? <laughs> yeah. Don't think so. 1914, New York Yankees catcher Les Newmarker throws out three Tigers runners trying to seal second base in the first inning. Mm. Only time in the 20th century that that happened. Okay. Probably for good reason, because after wow. the second one, you'd figure the other team went, maybe we don't steal anymore here today. 1930. For the second time in the year, Phillies outfielder Chuck Klein hit safely in 26 straight games. The run of between the two was only halted in game two of a doubleheader. So he had a hit every day, but it was the second game of a doubleheader that his streak got broken mm. Mm. for two 26-game hit streaks. 1932, official automatic timing and photo finish cameras off of Tr- uh, of track events is used for the very first time in the Los Angeles Olympics. Instrumental in changing the 110-meter hurdles final. Review gives Donald Finley bronze ahead of American Jack Keller. 1936, American sprinter Jesse Owens wins the 100-meter in front of Adolf Hitler in a fam- in the famous race at Berlin at the Berlin Olympics. It's his first of four gold medals at the Games. He kind of gave the Fuhrer the look, too, there. 1948, Negro League veteran pitcher Satchel Page at 42. Debuts in Cleveland <laughs> after a controversial <laughs> signing. He goes seven innings and wins 5-3 to three over Washington. 1949, the Basketball Association of America and the National, and the National Basketball League merge. To form 
the NBA. Ah, okay. That's where they picked up their end, huh? 1960, for the only uh, for the only time in Major League Baseball history, teams exchange managers as Detroit trades Jimmy Dykes for Cleveland's Joe Gordon. Both of them were, uh, eh, well, I guess 49 and 46 isn't terrible, but it's not great either. Joe Gordon was a great second baseman for the Yankees. 1987. Twins pitcher Joe Necro is caught with a file on the mound in an 11-3 win over the Angels. He's ejected and suspended for 10 games. He, he was not his brother, but he was pretty good. He had a knuckleball, too. 1996, American Andre Agassi wins the men's single tennis gold medal at the Atlanta Olympics. And in 2012, American super swimmer Michael Phelps wins the 100-meter butterfly in London to take his all-time Olympic gold medal tally to a record 17. It is National Watermelon Day. Ah, this would be a good day if they were having tech football practice to have their annual watermelon feed. Watermelon, are you are you okay with the watermelon? Yeah, I like watermelon. Yeah. I like to share a watermelon. That is the problem. Share? Like, but is you, there anybody who eats a watermelon by themselves? I don't know, but that's how you have to buy them. You like, can I, buy the little chunks yeah, if you want. Yeah, I'd, I'd want the whole melon, though. Like, get the whole melon, we bring it up here, and only get to enjoy the watermelon, as opposed to getting just the chunks. It's also National IPA Day. Oh, for beer. For beer. Not normally a huge fan. Happy birthday to Tom Brady, who turns 45. Mm. Martha Stewart is 81. James Hatfield from Metallica is 59. Tony Bennett turns 96. I left my heart in San Francisco. Todd Gurley, 28. Will Muschamp... It's not the former NBA point guard, Tony Bennett? No, no, no. <laughs> Will Muschamp is 51. Kevin Sumlin, 58. Marv Levy is 97 today. Wow. And John Landis is 73. Director of Animal House. Right. And on this day in 1958, the U.S. nuclear submarine Nautilus accomplishes the first undersea voyage uh, to the ge geographic North Pole. It's the world's first nuclear submarine. The Nautilus dived to Point Burrow, Alaska, and traveled nearly 1,000 miles under the Arctic cap to the reach the top of the world. It then steamed to Iceland, pioneering a new shorter route to the Pacific, to the Atlantic, and to Europe. At 11.15 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Commander Anderson announced to his crew, for the world, our country, and the Navy, the North Pole. Then all is passed under the ge geographic North Pole without pausing. Without what? Without pausing. They had pausing. places to go. They had places to go. Okay. And that is this day in sports. And stop and get a magnet or anything like that. Is there anything that you do when you travel that you, like a trinket that you get to remember your, your, your voyage, so to speak? Is there, do you get a Christmas ornament? Do you get a, anything along those lines? I mean, I, I think family is, we've done some ornaments like that. Yeah. But it's not a necessity. Not, not something we do every time. Okay. Just kind of depends. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, bullfighter says happy birthday to his mother. So happy, both happy birthday, bullfighters, mom. I don't. I doubt she's listening. Mm -hmm. uh, boy, hey, how about this? We've not heard from him in quite some time, and I saw him about a month ago. Uh, this is from the Pepsi Man. 
No, okay. Uh, good morning, guys, from Miss Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hey, JL, just want to let you know I'm going to the Yankee game in St. Louis this weekend. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So it's nice to hear from uh, from the Pepsi man. Um, I like to get magnets. Like when, you know, I always kind of look for... For the refrigerator? Yeah. Just, yeah, just, yeah. just my pile. You know, kind of look... You put them on the fridge? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, we've got okay. a whole bunch. I've got a bunch on the fridge, yeah. Yeah. Probably have a bunch that need to go on their fridge, too. Uh, you like a good sportsmanship story, don't you? Sure I do. Okay, I got one for you. This is uh, regarding a Malaysian badminton coach. <laughs> okay. Uh, he has been what, I mean, one of my favorite sports leagues. He is, is being hailed for his display of sportsmanship. Okay. He, uh, one of his players was playing a Jamaican, uh, Jamaican badminton player, Samuel Ricketts shoes were badly damaged. I don't know how you get to a point where your shoes are damaged. Maybe it's, you started with bad shoes. Okay. Playing badminton. Uh, and shoes, shoes blow out just like a tire does. Yeah. I mean, if you're. And in badminton, you're cutting and you're forward and jamming your foot into the ground. Those will blow on you. So, um, Malaysia. If you move fast, Chuck, those kind of things happen. Okay. (laughs) I got to be honest with you. I don't necessarily have that problem of, you know, blowing out shoes because I. I mean, don't you remember Zion Williamson blowing out? I mean, it's it's a very similar deal, right? Right. Yeah. So, anyway, the Malaysian badminton coach um, walked over to the Jamaican. Uh, and loaned him his shoes. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the the Jamaican uh, eventually lost his match to the Malaysian 21-12, 21-16. But um, that was a good sportsmanship there for... They were competing at the Commonwealth Games 2022. Okay. So good on him for doing that. Apparently they wore the same size shoe. So he was... Allowed him... And he continued to borrow the shoes for his doubles match later in the day. So apparently, apparently he didn't have it. Didn't have that many shoes. Uh, he partnered with another Jamaican, and they played the uh, Tokyo Olympic bronze medalists. Uh, but unfortunately, they were uh, defeated in that uh, deal as well. So anyway, so that's, that's a good story. Yeah, it's a great story. It's good, good story. Cool. You know, good story. Good story. Hey, you think Coach wonder- Tadlock would loan somebody his spikes if Somebody, you know, blew out their spikes there at the plate, you know, for, you know, opposing team. Like you're playing Slippery Rock State and some kid blows out his shoes and Coach Tadlock takes off his spikes and give him. Do you think he'd do that? Or do you think he'd call Shashir and say, hey, go get this kid some shoes? I think that's what he would do. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's exactly what he would do. Would you give your, like, if a fellow broadcaster needed some shoes to walk across the, the field and um, he had blown out his shoes, would you... Would you give up your shoes? There's nobody's putting putting their feet into my shoes. <laughs> I didn't think so. Yes. <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. no. Okay. No. Uh, Six fifty-five this morning, on the morning drive. Nice to have you with us this morning. Sports Center's next. Big plays and even bigger laps. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Question of the day, Jamie Lynn for Jeff McGuire and myself. All right, so we obviously lost a legend yesterday, last night, in Vince Scully. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think many would say the greatest of all time, and nobody would 
really argue too hard against that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we all have our favorites of our our favorite team that you know we we might say oh, I enjoyed listening to him, but Vince sure. Scully nationally is thought of and believed to be the greatest of all time, especially with baseball. Uh, my question today is not who is your greatest or your favorite of all time as far as the Red Raiders go, but, and, and this, this might be difficult because it's about the moment, but what's your favorite Red Raider call mm. of all time? Okay. Obviously you're not going to answer, oh, it was a, you know, uh, Breakaway layup in the <laughs> two-minute mark of the first half against Slippery Rock U. I mean, it's going to be a big moment, right? Obviously, right, right. Where you think of, you know, of of Jack Dale or or Brian Jensen or or Jeff Haxton or whoever or Chuck Hines um, yeah, making no mo- an amazing there's, there's no, call. To, there's no moment there that was that was your favorite you. moment. Um, I have a couple of them. But okay. I'll, you guys go first. And I think I think there's some the, the, somewhat the, obvious ones. The Harold of Crabtree is just it's iconic. I love that one so much because it was so. I, I mean, it's just, Jensen nailed it, and then we get the emotion of John Harris, and then we get the emotion of Sonny Cumbie. That's right, like the icing right. on mm-hmm, the cake. Mm-hmm. Especially now, I think we, I think I've grown to love that one more because I love what Sonny did with our football program last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so at the time it was great and all that, but I just there's so much raw emotion in that one, so that one would be high on my list too. Uh, and another one that kind of comes to mind is the is is recent from this year is the Garibay sixty two yard field goal. Okay, those were my two. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought Jensen's excitement and all that was fantastic. The uh, I would tell you, I didn't listen to Hacks and Level at the Final Four because I was at the Final Four, but I was listening to um, the run to it, and so. You know that win that puts you into the final four, and there was some there was some shot making down this down the stretch uh, that was that was really really good. There's a Jack Dale call that that comes to my mind. This was my I believe my first year in Lubbock. It would be in like 1990. We're playing I believe at Texas. Um, it's a long touchdown pass. I mean it was, the game was only on the radio, um, and so uh, it was a it was a long touchdown pass and, and uh, enabled Tech to to win. That uh, comes to my mind. I don't, I don't have all the players in my head. Uh, Jamie, somebody was the quarterback. Okay. Okay. Jeff. Uh, I only have to say Zach Thomas, and that's the call. Like that's it's part of what makes the call and the the interception return for a touchdown. It's Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas touchdown yeah. and. That that's it. That's all you need yeah. to know. But that's a television call. There is that the TV call? That's not yeah. the right. Yeah, I thought that was Jensen on it. Yeah, I, not Jensen, I would not. love. To Jack would have been Jack, on the Jack on, on that the, call. Would have been on that call. Yeah, I would love to hear the the radio call. Jamie Gill, thank you. Jamie, Jamie Gill, Gill was the yep. quarterback. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's a television call there. And, it, and it, you're right, Jeff. It was great. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, then I know this one's Jensen because it was his kind of the. 
the welcoming being the new broadcaster was the Wes Welker punt return. Because um, that was the game you couldn't watch. Everybody was listening. And it was early on in his career here at Tech and replacing Jack at that point when he tells the story about it that that's kind of when the Tech fans decided to like him, as he describes it. Uh, that's the one where you hear Jensen's voice crack a little bit, I believe, and he mm-hmm. says, he may go! <laughs> <laughs> I love that one, too. That's a really good one. Uh, that- Jamie Gill in 1989 to Anthony Manyweather. Okay. I think that game was at Texas. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a really good one. The 87, 89-yard punt return. Mm-hmm. Um, that was and of, that was of, awesome. Of one. course, the the Crabtree catches the, on my list too. I'm thinking that we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, the first time uh, Tech baseball goes to Omaha mm-hmm. with the Brian Haney on the call. Yeah, that was a fu- that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, when Tech goes back to Omaha with the uh, Haxton. The scarlet and black are back. Yeah. 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 Again, it's going to be an epic moment, right? There's not not going to be, you know, just a simple middle of the game, you know, play. Uh, Think when he finally calls a dunk uh, for the Lady Raiders will be iconic, and there'll be a there'll be there could be one this this year. That'd be that'd be come come out of the come out of the woodwork. How tall is this player? Uh, I don't know. I don't have... You've made some predictions about the Lady Raiders over the last three few years, Chuck, mm-hmm. that, that have not come through. I know. This may be your boldest. My boldest. She can, she can dunk it, but I don't know if we, how, how she will. Who's the player and how tall? Just, just one. That's exciting. JoJo Wari. She is six five. Uh, she's from. Uh, the College of Southern Idaho by way of Lagos, Nigeria, and, and Wichita. Okay. I think she can I think she can throw it down. That's my understanding. She can throw it down. She's gonna do this in the game? Oh, good. good. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll go that'll I mean she may go to the rim, he's gonna go through the roof. <laughs> I'll have, to, I'll have to strap him down in his chair. Uh, <laughs> That'll be the dunk heard around Lubbock. Somebody, somebody says uh, the Brian Haney's call, Texas Tech finally making it to the World Series is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll bet you the Brian Haney is, uh, you know, he, he loved Vin Scully. Sure. He, lo- he loved yeah. Vin Scully. Uh, yeah. Hax's call of Kurt Wilson's home run against Oklahoma State. No question. That, yeah. that has to be on the yeah. list. Yeah. 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 No question. Yeah. Uh, are there any calls from the women's national championship game? I'm not aware. Um, and if you hadn't asked me who did that game, I would have been able to tell you. Um, it was a one-off for him. I know. I think Bill Seitzer was his color guy. But I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Kevin's did. brother? <laughs> yeah, Kevin's brother. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, Chuck's just Chuck just wants to be one of the guys to make the call. What, why wouldn't you want to be? Why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't Why wouldn't you want that? But that's not my role. So I, I understand. I know my role. Well, why wouldn't? So Harold in the shotgun from the twenty-eight to throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh he breaks. Oh, oh he's the worst. Red Raider, unbelievable. Crabtree makes the catch at the five 
breaks the tackle and scores. There's still one second on the clock, but Texas Tech, unbelievable Michael Crabtree. Oh, my gosh, can you believe that? Five punts, 49-yard average for Skates, and here he goes. Puts his foot into it. This one, a wobbler towards the right side of the field. Welker takes it at the 11. He's going to try to get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35-40. He's the midfield, the 45-40. He may go. 25-10. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Oh, my goodness. 89 yards on the punt return, and Tech has the lead. There you go. Yeah, I, that that one may be one of my favorites. Yeah, that was a good one, That was Jeff. very good. That yeah. was very good. And and I would like to hear, um, and I, I don't know that I ever heard it, the Darvin Ham, um, Ham Slam. Yeah, where he breaks the breaks the rim. Yeah. <laughs> okay, want to be specific. Okay. <laughs> you kind of looked at me. You know, I knew you knew what I was talking about, but I, you know, I was just making sure everybody else did too, right? I just and then there's some just, there's, just crawled out from under a Lubbock rock today. Right, and then there's some disappointing ones. Uh, <laughs> a disappointing one that comes into my mind is uh, a Finkner, uh, I think against USC with a, cr- a full crowd outside of Dan Law getting ready to come in, and we we lost the game um, in um, in the NCAA tournament. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Time for the boom, boom, boom. Here is Jamie Lent to lead us off. All right, Texas Rangers will try to avoid the sweep at the hands of the Oak Make It Baltimore Orioles today after falling last night 8-2. to two. Jorge Mateo homer twice, drove in five in the six-run win. Former Ranger Jordan Lyles beat his old team. It'll be a 12.30 pregame start today. You can hear the contest right here on Lubbock's Home for the Rangers, Double T 97.3. All right, the Houston Astros today will try to avoid the sweep (laughs) as they take on the Boston Red Sox. We will have the broadcast on 100.7, the score. That's the home of the Houston Astros. Uh, Broadcast time today, 12.40, balls and strikes just after 1.00. Astros fell to the Bo Sox yesterday, two to one. Boy, you hate you hate to be on the losing end of those kind of deals because you know that you wasted a pretty good pitching performance when it's when it's all said and done, right? Yeah. I mean that's that's kind of how you kind of how you look at it. But most of all, you just hate losing to Boston. Yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> absolutely, Christian Javier. He went. Uh, Oh, six and some change yesterday. His uh, record now is six and seven on the year for the Astros. You know who I felt sorry for the other day was Oroduzzi, who uh, Odorizzi, Odorizzi, yeah, who went to the Braves from the Astros. He probably was feeling like, man, I'm on a good team here. I got my buddies. He's on a good team there. The Braves are good. Yeah, but the Astros are like outstanding. Yeah, it's not like the Astros, Astros not like the Braves are the World Series defending champions or anything, and yeah, quite possibly gonna... have a better team now than they had last year at this time. I don't know. I just felt like that kind of went from the penthouse to not necessarily the outhouse, but yeah, no, not even close to the outhouse. <laughs> but I mean, it, it feel like it just feel like he was probably enjoying his buddies and. You know, is cards it strange that a team in first place got rid of a pitcher to another team in first place? Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. I mean, the Braves have the third best record in the National League. Yeah, they got they got a chance. I mean, they're two and a half games behind the Mets in right. the East. Right. I mean, everybody knows the Mets will blow it. Because <laughs> of Buck Showalter. Because <laughs> of the Mets. Because of the Mets. Okay. Man, I bet you Derek Jeter angered some people in the last episode of The Captain last week when they were talking about the the Subway series. Mm-hmm. And he talked about having a rivalry with teams in the East and the Red Sox and all this. And he said, he goes, you know, for us it was it was it was just the Mets. It's just the Mets. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Derek, you should have said that. It was like... And then, like, they have, like, a, <clears throat> they had, like, kind of a, beside, a behind-the-scenes part mm-hmm. where he laughed about it. He's like, man, I probably shouldn't have said that. I hope you guys aren't going to, that's not going to make the show, is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, it's, it's just the Mets. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, the Braves are good. I mean, they're. They're all right. They're better than all right. But <laughs> the, I, I, the Astros made some moves that I, I think. I mean, I think the Astros are primed to win another championship this year. Dusty Baker is going to get in the way of it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Who knows with that? Speaking of Major League Baseball, speaking of uh, some trades, one Red Raider was on the move yesterday. The Yankees traded former Ranger Joey Gallo to the Dodgers in return. Double-A prospect Clayton Beater pitched for the Red Raiders. Moves from the... Dodger blue to the Yankee pinstripes. Uh, I would expect him to be headed to double A, which was where he was with the Dodgers. Uh, announced yesterday, Lady Raiders will play in the 2022 preseason WNIT. Uh, they will open up uh, the schedule uh, against uh, Jackson State for that on Tuesday, November the 15th. Uh, Louisiana and Colorado will also be in town for that. So it'll be a double dip at United Supermarkets Arena. And then um, on the 16th, the next night, Texas Tech will play Colorado. Maybe future Big 12? Hope not. Opponent? Okay. And then that Sunday, the 20th, uh, the Lady Raiders will travel to Louisiana. Lafayette gets some Cajun food. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be playing. uh, You're pretty excited about that. Louisiana is a place I've never been, so I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, last year, Louisiana went eighteen and seven, nine and four in the Sun Belt. Okay, <laughs> I'm looking for good basketball games and yeah. entertaining yeah. games there at the USA. Mm-hmm. Chuck's just looking for some new food. Just some new food. I did ask it's, Coach Gurley yesterday what she was looking you, forward to the most about Greece, and she said, "I, I just did, looking forward to basketball." Do I'm they like, factor uh, in your food choices when they make their schedule? Uh, no, no. <laughs> Are you sure? No, no, no. They don't. They don't factor in my food choices, no. Uh, somebody really likes uh, spicy shrimp, which I'm a big fan of because almost every road trip last year we had some spicy shrimp. Okay. So that was good. Fink does not like the spicy shrimp, though. <laughs> I knew that you wanted to know that. It did. That's one of the things I... Let me check that off my notes here. Things, sure, right. things to find out today. All right, San Diego Padres have acquired superstar outfielder Juan Soto and first baseman Josh Bell from the Nationals. That came yesterday. Price for the Padres is far from cheap. The return package going to the Nationals include prospects and left-handed pitcher Mackenzie Gore, outfielder Robert Hassel III, shortstop C.J. Abrams, outfielder Mm -hmm. James Wood, 
Right-handed pitcher Harlan Susana. Washington also gets better in first baseman slash DH Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a uh, off-the-rails rumor about uh, conference realignment. Um, according to Charlie Waters, not Charlie Waters, the cowboy, sports columnist for the Pioneer Press, the Big 12 is said to be quietly seeking Minnesota as an expansion target. What? Yeah, because Minnesota adds so much to your TV contract. Uh, they're one of the founding members of the Big Ten. They're not leaving the Big Ten. Okay. Why would Minnesota... There's just so much there. Why Why would Minnesota leave the Big Ten to come to the Big 12? I don't know. Right. I can't think of any reasons. I mean, I guess you could say they have a better chance without being in the same conference as Michigan and Ohio State. Sure, and Wisconsin and lost, you know. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> They're up and down. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could say that, but why would they do that? They'd be giving up a bunch of money. Right, they're not going to do that. Why would, why would they do that? I just don't yeah. see that happening. Uh, Tyler points out from the Yates Flooring Center chat line, hey, Chuck, who did the Braves beat in the World Series last year? I think it was the Astros and Odorizzi was on that team. Right, now I know, but I just felt bad for him. <laughs> I almost felt bad for him. Just kind of feel like Atlanta doesn't really have it this year. Oh, okay. No, I just kind of feel that's kind of how I feel. Okay, well, you know. Well, can you imagine? Chuck has spoke spoken. Can you can you imagine uh, what would happen if the Mets and the Astros played in the World Series? I mean, you'd have two embattled managers there. The guys that have not been able to push it across the finish line. Yeah, I don't know that they're embattled. Well, I mean, they just haven't been able to push two, it across. Two guys who haven't won a title. Yeah. As a manager. Yeah. Dusty Baker. I mean, he's he's won as many games as anybody, but hasn't you know been able to push it across. I mean, he has challenges with the Giants. Obviously, challenged last year with the Astros and Cubs. You know, that whole mess. Kind of, I'm rooting for him. Hope he. I hope, I'd like to see him get one. <clears throat> I would too. Not in Houston, though. <laughs> not in Houston, okay? Because <laughs> that'd get in the way of the Yankees. The Yankees going after what? Twenty-eight. Correct. Number twenty-eight. And they have been now for thirteen Better, years. Thirteen years. Yeah. Right. Thirteen years. Yeah. Thirteen years. Uh, D Rock says this man. Chuck is high on life this morning. LOL. Yeah, I, I kind of am. Uh, King Craig, you know that he's uh, a fifty-pluser. When he says this, uh, Adam 12 on eastbound Marsha Sharp between University and Avenue Q. I love the old Adam 12. I love the old Adam 12. Okay. Yeah. I saw this on the old book face the other day. Uh, Jesus Arenas, you know, the uh, former Red Raider and... um, Lubbock High coach. Lubbock High coach. And uh, he's uh, making kids smarter at LISD. Uh, Apparently he has a new... I don't know how new she is, but... Apparently they were out riding bikes, and he said to her, "Hey, let's do a punch and John pose." And she must be younger because she didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> so good for him for having a young girlfriend. Maybe not so much of her not knowing who Punch and John are, but maybe it might have just been she just wasn't aware. And I don't know what the age difference is. I don't think it's that mm-hmm. significant, but you know, clearly she didn't grow up watching Punch and John. That's disappointing. That is a little disappointing. <clears throat> yeah. Yesterday, while looking ahead to today's sports day, this is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. 
Back to throw as Mahomes does. Deep left side. It's intercepted. Drop. Oh! It's caught by Jakeem Grant down the near side line. Touchdown, Red Raiders! Oh, my! Well, that's the way to break it. That ball was intercepted by the Longhorns, and then Devin Lauderdale just clobbers the Texas defender who picked off that pass. And when the ball bounced up into the air after that, Jakeem caught it out of the air. There you go. A little play-by-play highlight. I'll tell you what, listen to old play-by-play highlights, whether it's Vin Scully or Brian Jensen or Jack Dale or Jeff Haxton and Jamie Lynn or Jeff Haxton and Chris Level. Man, it, it, it sends chills up my spine. Since, you know, and, and, and it could be calls for my youth uh, as well. I mean, you can, you can get into the YouTube uh, uh, play-by-play kind of, you know, highlight reels of, Name name your favorite broadcaster. It could be Brad Sham as well. Um, and uh, it, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, it's something you can, to me, I could I could waste the day uh, on some of those. You know, just going down. And, and the whole day. And, and another call, another game that Vin Scully was involved in, in, in case you've missed it, he passed away last night. Um. He was uh, a broadcaster for the Don Larson Perfect Game. He was at that game, too. So you think about Don Larson Perfect Game, which is like 1954, I believe, or 56, 1956. The Hank Aaron 7-15, uh, because the Braves were playing the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. Um, the Kirk Gibson home run in 88. And then on TV, he, was, uh, he did the game with a catch with Hank Stram on CBS. Uh, so, I mean, you, and then he, he was, uh, on golf, uh, a lot as well. Um, anyway, this, uh, from the eighth morning center chat line, I love radio broadcasters who are emotionally invested in the teams. They call the best ones have the professionalisms to be great at what they do and are able to push across the airways, the emotion we are feeling in the moment. When you go back and watch a player hear a call, the radio brings you right back to the feeling you had when it happened. I, 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 I completely agree with you. Um, and um, you know, just you you can you can hear it in their in their in the voice. Um, it comes through the radio. It's it, you know, I, I'm a radio guy. Obviously, I've been doing this for a long, long time. And uh, you know, I, I I grew up listening to you know Royals games uh, on the radio because there weren't on TV very much. Um, you know, I grew up you know listening to. Chiefs games, recording Chiefs games. Um, I met a guy um, on a uh, Lady Raider road trip. Uh, turns out um, one of our coaches, his former brother-in-law, uh, his former brother-in-law was on this trip with us just because he was in, in Kansas. We were in Kansas City. And this guy's dad was the longtime voice or sometime. And he, he wasn't that long a time of voice, but he was the voice of the Kansas City Kings. And, uh, man, I, I just, I wore this guy out kind of just talking about his dad and, um, his dad had been gone for quite some time. And so his kids, you know, got to kind of experience that a little bit. And I was like, and he would tell me about, you know, being able to, to go to games with his dad, go to Kansas city King games, or, and he was the voice of the chiefs for a year and he was a talk show host and he had a little controversy to him. You know, he was not afraid to mix it up, but 
I just, you know, I always love the broadcasters for whatever reason. <laughs> you know, and maybe it's because I knew early on, because just of some challenges that I had as a youth growing up, I knew that I was never going to be uh, the starting quarterback for the Chiefs or a starting pitcher for the Royals, but I wanted to be the voice of the Royals. And, um, you know, I always, I would always tell people, I'm going to replace Denny Matthews. Well, Denny Matthews, at 26 years old, became the voice of the Royals in 1969. He is still the voice of the Royals in 20, 20, 2022. So you think about that, and it's a long, long time. And I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna achieve that. But uh, I remember a, a road trip where the Royals came home. Be a record breaker. Be a record breaker. I remember a, a road trip where the Royals came home, and this is like 1971. And we met the team at the at the airport, and it was. You know, they hadn't had a whole lot of success. They'd only been in business a couple of years. But I will never, ever forget this one of the announcers, and he was the, he was the lead guy at the time, a guy by the name of Buddy Blattner, who was on uh, the NBC Game of the Week with Desi Dean and was the voice of the Cardinals at one point in time, or one of them. Buddy Blattner walks out in this royal blue coat with white pants and white shoes and had... You know, a blonde on each arm. I don't know if they were his daughters or his girlfriends, but I just, I, I just, I just remember, I just remember going, seeing him going. I just want to be that guy. <laughs> I, I can still see that in my mind of him walking out at the old airport in downtown Kansas City, which is still, which is still uh, functional, but it's not the main airport anymore. But. Um, I just, I still, I still remember that, but I just loved, that's, I love those guys. That's the most cringy thing you've ever said. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it could have been his daughters. I don't know. But I mean, he was, he, he was, he was happy because the team had just won. And I don't mean to be cringe. I just, I just, it just stuck out of my mind as a 10 year old, you know? Um, it's kind of like, uh, I met Ernie Harwell, the longtime voice of the Cardinal or the uh, Tigers and, uh, the Royals press box, and he had been he had been dismissed from the Tigers at this point in time. They had had a change in ownership, and and Ernie Harwell was doing some games of the week, and he happened to be in Kansas City for you know a national broadcast, I think. And I introduced myself to him, and I said, uh, I said, uh, I introduced myself, and I said, "You sounded really good." And he goes, "Did did it sound okay?" I said, "Yes, Mr. Harwell, it sounded really, really good." But he had a you would love this. He had a uh, habit of handing out macadamia nuts when he would come to, to the various press boxes. Okay. That was his, he would just hand it out as a treat to, to some okay. of the fellows. I don't know that I've ever had macadamia nuts raw, just in cookies. Something anyway, he would hand them out. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, somebody says this, what endless blather. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, you know. Hard to give you endless blather. I, I like the fact that he had white shoes, Chuck. White shoes, yeah. I got some white Under Armour shoes. Yeah, white shoes. Yeah, not the kind that you're talking about. Yeah, not bucks. <laughs> not bucks. I got my white bucks. I might wear them on Friday, because the buck season is almost over. <laughs> well, you can't wear them after Labor Day. Okay, <laughs> you can't you can't wear you can't wear them after after Labor Day. <laughs> you just you just can't. Whether you're with your daughters or your girlfriends, right, Chuck? Right. Whoever, <laughs> whatever they are. Whatever they are. Well, I don't know. They might have been. They might have been his daughters. I don't know. But I mean, he 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 was happy. Okay. And, he was and, happy. And he and he looked and he looked great. And he you know and I love listening to him. And white you know, bucks, huh? And I just said to myself, I want to be him. Uh -huh. I, I want to I want to be him. 
Uh-huh. I want to be him. And he ends up here stuck with me. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, <laughs> well, you know, it's just, uh, it's just kind of one of those, one of those things. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to disparage this him. It's coming by saying, from a guy who has daughters. Good gosh. Well, no, but I mean, I, they, they understand. I mean, they, they understand. I mean, could, I, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if they were his. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I would tell you when I was ten, I thought they were. You know, they weren't his daughters. But as I've grown, grown older, I've probably realized they probably were his daughters. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. They were adult. They were. They were attractive. <clears throat> You know, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've always in, I've always enjoyed you know, I, I, it, the intimacy of radio and the, the sports is part of what our business is supposed to provide, and we are very intimate on this show. <laughs> Some of us more than others. Uh, you painted a picture of the Joe Namath of broadcasting. Dot dot dot. I enjoyed the story, Chuck. Thank yeah, you. no, I think that's that, I think that's a good way to say it. Yeah. He was, you know, with his attire. And yeah, yeah, and he just like a star. Yeah, he was like uh, a star. Exactly, yeah. he was like a star. I mean, he was just one. It's, he wasn't a star. He wasn't. He wasn't. The stars were the guys. The it's the, the same way players. that Hacks and Level look when they get off the Red Raider charter charter plane. Yeah. Sure, you know, basketball plane. Sure, they look the same way. Yeah, we got Both the of them in on. white bucks and <laughs> fur coat. <laughs> Can each, you imagine that? Each with two daughters on each arm, even yeah. though Level only has one. one but yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody says this, Chuck. There's no saving this. Go to break. <laughs> <laughs> would you have just preferred that I said he had a blonde on each arm and nothing said? It, it may, probably have would have been better. Okay. Probably would have been better. Okay, Buddy Blatter had a blonde on each arm. <laughs> Royal blue coat, white shirt, white pants, white box. He looked awesome. I wanted to be him. Yeah, sometimes I don't say short. everything that's in your head. <clears throat> well, and that that in and of itself is a problem too. <laughs> <laughs> There's times I just need to empty my brain on you, okay? Because <laughs> you have this extreme. You have the filter of uh, Zeus. I got the filter of nothing. <laughs> I don't know if it's a filter or there's just not that much in mine. <laughs> it's pretty empty. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.